we started a new series last week called uh, You Plus Me Equals Us. And uh, we looked at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. We said that the Lord said, out of, out of all the things that he made in the garden during creation, out of everything that was spectacular, he said it was all good. He looked around he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. And so we started out last week saying that was the only thing that God picked out and said this is not good for people to be by themselves, for the man to be alone. We were not created to be alone. God's desire is for us to live in community with others. God wants to turn our me into an us. If if you are content living with just you, just me, and you never need another person, you need some help. Come on. There, there are times and seasons we may feel like that. There's times when I'd rather just go at home, be in a room by myself and not talk to anybody. But those are very short-lived experiences because we weren't created to stay in that place and be by ourselves. God has a desire to take me and turn me into an us and put me in community with others. So that's what he wants for us. And each week we're going to be looking at relationships that God wants to add to us to make in us, to bring into our lives. And last week we started out by looking at the most important relationship that you can add to me and that's God. Me plus God actually makes an us. That is the foundation for every other relationship in our life having the potential to be healthy. It starts with bringing God into the equation and saying, God, I need you. I'm not able to produce anything on my own. I need to have you in my life. And last week we called that relationship the selfie because we're working on ourselves, our relationship between us and God. And uh, throughout this whole series, we're going to have opportunities to take pictures in the lobby. Why? Because pictures remind us of the relationships that are important to us, the significant times in our lives. If you got some pictures last week, that was fun. We, we had little picture strips like you're in a photo booth. Uh, this week, it's going to be a little bit more of a four by six, professional quality, frameable ready. That's what I heard this morning. So take an opportunity to get a picture taken with somebody that's important to you this morning in the lobby after service. But we, we committed last week. When we talked about me plus God equal us, we left last week saying, I am committing to work on my relationship with you, Lord. I want the us that we have, God, to be the best that it can be. And don't just, we, sometimes this really strikes me. How many of you have ever been through a season where we've, we've only appreciated God for the stuff he's done? Come on, I was talking with, with Heather this week, and she was given, our daughter Heather was given our grandson Eli some snacks. She got out some milk for him like he was in that mode. I want some snacks. If you've ever had grandkids, you've got to have a whole pantry full of snacks just ready at the hand. And, and he says, I want some snacks. And Heather says, here's, here's some cookies and here's some milk. And, and Eli gets his snacks and he gets his drink and he says, I love you, Mom. <laughs> and Heather says, are you saying you love me because I gave you snacks and milk? And he says, Yeah. And I thought, man, sometimes we're like that in our relationship with God. It's like, I love you, God, because of all this stuff you've given me. And we really need to be committed to, I love you, God, just for who you are. Uh, the, the stuff that you've done for me is just a bonus. That, that's an amazing byproduct. But, God, I love you no matter what, no matter what's going on around me. You are the most important thing in my life. So, so we committed last week to say we want to grow and deepen our relationship with God, that, that community that we have with him. And this week I want to, we're going to expand that circle a little bit from just me plus God. We're going to bring in me plus God plus you equals us. And when, what I want to talk about this week, I'm going to call it the besties. How many of you have a bestie in your life? How many of you have no idea what a bestie is? Like, what's he talking about? These are the relationships that are closest to you. So last week we were talking about just us and God, which is a really amazing place to be. But how many of you know he doesn't stop there? 
And so the next level of relationships that he brings into our lives are our best friends, our people that are closest to us. This could include your spouse, your family, your kids, your, your, your siblings, whoever it is in your life that you have that relationship with, that they are your best friend, that they're sharing something with you. And often what is amazing is rewarding as these relationships can be, as rewarding as our best friends can be, they are often the hardest relationships to manage in our lives. I don't know why that is. We're going to explore it a little bit today. But if you have very close relationships, you know how difficult it can be to manage them sometimes. In fact, maybe your ride to church this morning looks something like this. Someone I can rely on. What do you say to leave everyone here? Besides, we all know I have a mirror right here anyway. Of course you do. All right, that's enough, you two. We're going to be late. Actually, according to my watch, it appears we have 26 minutes and 45 seconds. And since including traffic, it only takes 21 minutes to get to church, we should have plenty of time. All right, hold on. Twenty-one minutes, it's gonna become thirty-one minutes. People don't learn how to drive the speed limit! Hon, settle down. I'd settle down if it got us there on time. I try to get past this guy. calcination of naphthalene this morning. It is not death, nor flatulence, as you presume. Oh. You know, I always kind of like that smell. I don't mind it at all. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> okay, everyone, roll up your windows. We're almost at church. If your drive to church has ever been like that, you're not alone. 
you're, you're just normal. You're human. That happens all the time. So I don't know why it is, but sometimes that is the most stressful car ride in our family is the one to church when we're going to be happy and see everybody. But it's, it's because those relationships closest to us are the hardest to manage sometimes. They can be taken for granted or we can realize they're the most valuable things we possess. Sometimes those relationships closest to us, they can fill us with joy or they can frustrate us more than anybody else you've ever met. How many husbands and wives know that to be a truth? Oh, my goodness. Don't put your hand up. I was just kidding. Uh, husbands are raising their hands and the wives are like elbowing them. Those, the relationships that are closest to us, they can take you higher than you've ever been before or they can drag you down. There, there are some close relationships that are actually bad influences that are taking us the other way. Our, our closest relationships, they can be our biggest fans. Or our worst critics sometimes. And we have to manage those things. Those relationships, they can hurt you or they can heal you. So why are those things so hard to manage? We're going to talk about it, why they're difficult and why they are so worth it. And one of the first things I want to look at this morning, why those relationships that are closest to us, the, the me plus God plus you, our besties, why they are so difficult and why they're so worth it is because they deal with the real you. That is something that comes out if when you the reason it's hard in those relationships is because you have to let somebody see the real you, the person that you are when nobody else is around, the person that you are when you take the mask off, when somebody is a part of your bestie circle, when they are part of those closest relationships, they know you. There's no varnishing it. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. They've seen it all, and they're making a choice whether to be with you or not. They've seen the real you. And that's crazy because sometimes we're really good with what we talked about last week. Me plus God, isn't that terrifying? We're like, oh, this is great. God loves me. He's with me. But the thought of bringing somebody else into that circle can be terrifying for some people. We start hearing those voices. We start thinking those thoughts. What if they don't like me? What if, what if they see who I really am and it makes them run the other way? Come on, we've all, heard, we've all heard these voices. What if I say or do something wrong that they don't like? How's that going to come out? That makes these relationships hard. It's one thing to know that, oh God, you see everything. You see all my faults and, and you still have to love me anyway. You said so in the book. But to think about how is another person going to react when they see my faults and all the blemishes and all the things that I don't want anybody else to see, it can be terrifying. And I guess another part that makes it hard is you get to see what they're really like also. Come on, the same way we worry about people seeing the real us, the other people in our circle worry about that too. And, and you see them in all their blemishes. And if we aren't careful, if we aren't careful, the insecurities that we have about ourselves can turn into criticisms of other people. So we really have to look at these relationships, not wanting people to see us, the real us, is a human tendency. It's something we all wrestle with since the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10, if you remember this story, Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit from the tree that God commanded them not to, and they realized, we don't have any clothes on. Come on. Hopefully, we all realize this before we come to church every week, and and sometimes the clothes that we have on, we need to go back and change because our wife tells us so, right? But they realize we're naked. We don't have any clothes on. And they heard God coming to meet with them in the cool of the day. And it said they realized they were naked, so they hid. And in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10, God's looking for Adam. And he calls out to him. He's asking, Adam, where are you? And this was Adam's answer. I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. 
And just like Adam, sometimes we run from relationships. We run and hide because we're afraid of people seeing us as we really are. We're afraid if I'm, if I'm really that transparent with people, what will they think of me? And in, instead of engaging in those close and important relationships that can give us life, we run the other way and we put up these walls and we try to shield ourselves from them. And that's what Adam and Eve did. It's human nature. But that fear is not God's heart for our relationships with one another. That is not what he desires for us. He wants us to be whole. That's why it was critical to talk about me plus God first. Because if we have him as a foundation in our lives, his love for us casts out all those fears. And if if that relationship is out of whack, that's why it's hard. And we have fear about being in relationship with others. So we see the real you. And that can make the relationship hard, but it can also make it worth it. More than any other relationship you have, the person closest to you, it's worth it because somebody knows the real you and loves you in any way or in spite of it or in addition to it. Whatever, whatever you want to fill in that blank with, when somebody sees the real you and you know, man, this person has seen all there is to see and they're still here. Man, that's worth it. Pam's at home sick this morning. Just in case you're wondering, and I'm preaching this message, and you're like, man, did she see the real him? And like, they, they had it out in the car. Yeah, I, she's locked in the car this morning and out in the parking lot. Like, I left the window cracked. No, she's at home sick. She misses you guys and appreciates your prayers. So uh, please remember her this afternoon if you're praying about it. But it's worth it. I have a relationship in my, in my life with Pam that somebody has seen all of my junk. And they're still there with me. And that makes it worth it. It's, it is amazing to have that kind of relationship and what it does for you in your life. That's, that's why we have to press through our fears, our insecurities, and say, okay, it's not enough just me and God, but there needs to be other people brought into the equation. I need to have somebody in my life that knows me for who I really am. Even though it's, even though it's tough sometimes, we need to be able to look at each other in the face and say, I've, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love you anyway. I see how, I see you how God sees you. That's the goal of what we're after in these relationships. And they're valuable. Proverbs 17, 17 reminds us, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born of adversity. This, this verse describes the us relationship that we're supposed to have with our best friends, with our besties. A friend loves at all times. Not just when it's going well, not when things are comfortable. Whoa, not when, not when the sound goes off in the middle of your sermon. A friend loves at all times. Those are the things that make this relationship what it's supposed to be. Love is the key that we need at all times, especially when it gets hard in that relationship. A friend loves us when we're on top or when we're going under. I I saw a quote this week that said, If you want to know who your true friends are, lose your car, lose your house, and go broke. And see who's still around. Come on, a true friend loves at all times, regardless of what's going on in our lives, where we find ourselves in our circumstances. They are there for us. And I think besties love at all times, but they don't always just keep their mouth shut. When, when true friends see us and they see the real you, they don't let us stay in places that are unhealthy or ungodly or unloving. They, they open their mouths to help us improve the real you for lack of a better term there's another verse in proverbs chapter 27 verse 6 it says you can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty but your enemies pretend flattery comes from insincerity real friends tell it like it is and they don't let us wallow in those places 
They'll come to us and say, you know, I, I'm not going to use more examples since Pam's not here, but there are voices in my life of those closest to me that will tell me when I'm doing something stupid. And, and in that moment, I have a choice to make, to value that input, to say, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes the real you doesn't need to stay where it is. That's, that's part of letting other people, being transparent and letting other people see the real us is so that we can become more like Jesus in who we really are and not just cover it over, not wallpaper it, not gloss it over. We need to be willing to speak and to hear the truth in love. And don't, please don't use, I, Christians are really good at this, please don't use speaking the truth in love as, as an excuse to be obnoxious and rude to people. <laughs> Come on, we've, we've, I've seen people, they say some of the, the most ignorant things to other people and say, well, I was just speaking the truth and love to them. They need to hear it. All right, enough about that one. You guys know what I'm talking about, and if God's convicting you about that one, deal with it. But don't use speaking the truth in love as an excuse to just be rude to people and be willing to hear it back. Lord, Lord if there's something that needs to be ingested in me, Use other people even. Come on, sometimes we think, oh, well, if God wants me to fix something in my life, he'll just tell me. And we've got people around us that love us in the closest relationships. They've been telling us for months, and we're not hearing it because we're like, God, you, you haven't told me yet. And he's like, well, I sent them, and I sent them, and I sent them. We need to be willing to hear and to be adjusted by those relationships that are closest to us. So the real you complicates our relationships, but it makes it really worth it. Another thing, the other thing that I wanted to look at this morning, I'm sure there's other things that make these relationships difficult, but the two I wanted to touch on this morning, one is the real you, and one is what I call the real results. Sometimes it's scary or intimidating to let people into our lives because when we depend on them, they let us down. And I'm, I'm not saying every relationship lets you down all the time, but if your best friend is human... At some point, you will be disappointed. They will let you down. They will do something that didn't go the way you wanted to, the way you talked about, the way you agreed to. Something will happen that you have a choice to make. Man, I'm, I'm really upset by that. I'm disappointed by that. And if, if your best friends aren't human, we need to talk about that also later. But if your best friend is a human, at some point you will be faced with this challenge of the real result is they've let me down. Even with all of his followers... Jesus had some people that were his besties. Come on, Peter, James, and John. There, there were three guys out of his 12 that he took with him other places that he went when the other guys didn't go all the time. When, when they went up to pray on the Mount of Transfiguration, he took Peter, James, and John with him. Said, hey, come with me and pray. And they got to see Jesus glorified. They got to see him start glowing like, a, like he was on fire. And he saw Moses and Elijah talking to him. And they were like, this is awesome that we're here. And, of course, they missed the point because they are like, hey, do you want us to build a little tent for your friends? But the point was they were his best friends. They were the people that were intimate that he took with them. There were other times, uh, Peter, James, and John, it says Jesus went to heal the daughter who had died. One of the Pharisees or teachers of the law, and it says the other people weren't allowed to follow him, but he took Peter, James, and John with him to go raise this girl from the dead. Come on, even in his circle and all of his followers, he had guys that were those close relationships with him that he counted on. And he did that even though they were human and they would let him down. 
in Mark chapter 14. Here's, here's what happened when Jesus was in his moment of greatest need. Uh, in Mark chapter 14, this is right before Jesus was arrested. It says they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. And going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Come on, Jesus wasn't asking a lot here, was he? Come with me, stay here and keep watch. Come on, some of us would be like, I could do that. Yes, Jesus, you're not asking me to go, you know, give all this money to the poor or to take this big road trip. You asked me to come with you and stay here and keep watch. I'm your best friend. I'm here with you. And what happened? Even that simple request, you would think this is something that would be easy to do. Even that simple request, they're human and they let him down. In verse 36, Jesus is praying, Abba, Father, he said, everything's possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you will. And then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Come on, that's, that is not stay here and keep watch. That is the opposite of what Jesus asked him to do. Keeping watch does not involve sleeping. Come on. I, I know this is, this is amazing to think about, but last week during the Super Bowl, I had every intention of keeping watch. But sometimes I'm sleeping. And I know those aren't the same thing. And it's true here. He told them, keep watch with me. Pray with me. Be on guard. Look around for what's happening. Be alert. Be aware. And they didn't do it. They were sleeping. And Jesus talks to them, Simon, he says to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Come on, are you asleep? I I picture this. Have you ever been staying up and you're watching the TV and you're really sleeping and and somebody comes to turn the TV off? What do you do? You're like, hey, I was watching that. Leave, leave that on. Come on. That's, that's how I picture this conversation going. Jesus comes back and says, Peter, are you sleeping? No, no, I'm, I'm awake, Lord. I'm, I'm keeping watch. Got my sword. I'm ready. I, I totally picture that's how that conversation went. And they let him down in the moment when he's there. He's in distress. He's like, I need my friends to surround me and pray for me. You know, the story even later, Peter tells Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'll, I'll die for you. And Jesus says, hey, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me tonight. Talk about your best friend letting you down. He's out in the courtyard. Jesus is on trial before the priests. And, and they say, aren't you his friend? Aren't you with him? He says, I don't even know the guy. Talk about the, the letdown of all letdowns. Even our best friends will let us down sometimes, but we can't let that stop us from seeking relationships, from bringing those people into our lives, from having somebody that knows us and is there with us. If someone's ever, if someone that you've counted on has ever let you down, you know the pain that Jesus was experiencing. And if you've ever been the person that's let someone else down, you know the shame that Peter was experiencing in that moment. But it was totally worth it for Jesus to make those relationships because the real results, when we have those relationships in our lives, we can actually accomplish things that are bigger than we are. And even through those failures, even through the letdowns, even when, when they deserted him and they all ran off from him, Jesus still embraced those guys. 
And after the resurrection, he restored him. He said, Peter, feed my sheep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you to help me build something here in the earth. You're going to be a foundation for what I want to do. Even the guys that had let him down. We can accomplish things that we couldn't do on our own when we let other people in. And they, they're not always super spiritual. It could be as simple as, I need help moving my fridge. Come on, who do you call when you need help moving your fridge? It's not Ghostbusters. And some of you are like two guys in a truck. I call that moving company and I write them a check and they move the fridge. Most people, you call your best friend. I can't move this on my own. I need somebody to help me. And when we get together, when we have those close relationships, we can do things that are bigger than ourselves. (laughs) It could be moving a fridge. It could be raising a family. It could be building a church. We need to let those relationships into our lives. And what's amazing, uh, the guys that that fell asleep and deserted Jesus, this is what happens later in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9. Same guys, follow this in the story, same guys that were Jesus' closest friends that had let him down in his biggest hour of need. In Galatians 2 verse 9, Paul's talking about going to see the leaders of the church when he had this conversion. He realized Jesus is the Christ and I need to go preach to the Gentiles. It says, James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. Come on. The same guys that disappointed Jesus, that let him down, yet he still embraced them in those relationships, said, you're my guys. You're my best friends. You're, you're the closest relationships that I have here on the earth. It's because, they're, because their bestie didn't write them off in their moment of failure. It says they became pillars. They were pillars in the church. Come on. This is the guy that fell asleep. These are the guys that ran away. This is the guy that denied even knowing who Jesus was to people. It says they became pillars in the church of what Jesus was building. Those relationships are worth it. No matter how many times somebody may let us down, we need to pursue those relationships. No matter how someone has hurt you, if you've had somebody let you down, you need to seek to restore that. Or, or at a very minimum, just forgive them. Let them know, hey, it's, it's okay. Every, everybody does it. And, and, I, and I recognize there are various levels of, of letdown, and some, some failures are more spectacular than others. But there is something in our hearts that should be saying, yeah, come on. If Jesus could take the guy that denied even knowing him in front of everybody and say, man, I love you. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. I'm, I'm going to build my church here. I'm going to use you. If he could do that, then who are we to hold something over somebody else's head? Here's, here's what I want us to do today. When, when you leave, get, get a picture in the lobby today, and every time you look at it, I want it to remind you of the closest relationships that you have. Who's, who's in your tight-knit circle besides just you and God? Who are those people that, that you care for, that you love, that you need to be praying for, that you need to be supporting? Every time you see that picture, remind yourself, man, I've got some people in this with me. Take, take some time when you look at that picture this week. Say, how, how are my besties? How are those close relationships? Are they healthy right now? Are they in a place where they need to be? Are we helping each other do something to move forward in our walk with God? Or are we drawing each other back? Just take some time to evaluate that. How's it going with me plus God plus you? And if you don't have anybody that knows the real you, you need to find somebody to do that. 
find someone that you can be transparent with just to say, this is who I really am. This is where I need help. This is where I'm doing great. How could I do that for you too? Take some time to cultivate those relationships. Let's go ahead and stand together this morning. I want to pray a couple things, but also I just want to say, if maybe you're having trouble making close relationships because you never started that kind of relationship with God. You've never gotten the B plus God part off the ground. Uh, if you've never done that, that's a great place to start this morning, just to say, Jesus, I need you to come and live with me, to, to be a part of my life, to take over where I've failed and, and been trying to run things myself. I, I just feel even a, a particular bent to pray this morning for uh, the people that have let us down. And I don't know who that may be in your life, but I know there's somebody because we're all human. I just feel like we need to pray for those relationships and ask God to give us the grace to extend mercy and forgiveness to them. Let's do that this morning. If you've got somebody that's on your heart right now, even as I'm talking, they just popped into your head, that's who we're going to pray for. Father, we we come before you right now as your children. Your people that are called by your name who still desperately need you in our lives. And Lord, you see where people have let us down. Lord, I thank you that you've you've never let us down. And you've given us the things that we need in our lives. And God, right now I ask that that you would help us see the people that have let us down through your eyes. God, you, you are so amazing that you could look at us after failure after failure in our lives. And you look at us and you still see Jesus. You still see our potential. You still speak to us as your sons and your daughters. Lord, help us to see others that way. Help us to extend that same mercy and grace to others. Lord, I ask that you would, you would release an, just an ability to forgive and to extend that to others right now in this room. And Lord, where, where there have been real hurts and wounds and damages in people's lives because of their best friends letting them down, I just ask that you would heal those places. That, that you would release your comfort, your peace in those spots in our lives. And God, I thank you that you bring people into our lives that can see the real us, that can see who we are, good, bad, and ugly, and they still choose to walk with us. Let us us be faithful with one another the way that you're faithful to us. Just grow that in our lives, Lord God. Enlarge our capacity to walk as faithful friends. And God, we, we thank you that you've called us each to be part of something bigger than ourselves. That, that you are building your church in the earth. And that nothing can stand against it, not even the very gates of hell. God, what, what a privilege and an honor and an opportunity to be a part of something. Lord, I ask that you would bless us as we go from this place today. We thank you that your presence goes with us everywhere that we go, that your life flows through us. Continue to walk with us at all times, Lord. Let your mercy and your grace be upon our lives. We just honor you, we love you, and we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.